chapter twenty three of lady jim of curzon street this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org lady jim of curzon street by fergus hume chapter twenty three oh it's lovely 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 sang joan tallentire clapping her hands and whirling dervish fashion around the room a radiant day or so in paris had acted on her as sunshine acts on a flower when the petals expand the colour deepens and the perfume exhales what observer casual or close would have recognised in this eager-eyed and sparkling girl the timid companion of lady canby for weeks she had associated with the octogenarian many months had she superintended the well-being of pauper hags in lambeth slums and in the nursing of an ailing mother many precious years had been expended no wonder the fire of being burnt low no marvel that for long the eyes had lacked lustre and the cheeks colour it was truly a case of the old eating the young stealing by contact as it were the vitality of youth to reanimate waning life now lady jim playing fairy godmother had transformed this cinderella and the grub of lambeth soared a splendid dragonfly the spring long delayed in its coming sang in her veins with stimulating company amidst novel surroundings and with tempting food for satisfying physical and moral appetites came the renaissance period joan felt the burden of artificial years slip from her shoulders her quick blood responding to its environments rose to fever heat one cloud alone necked the sunshine of pleasure's dawn i wish lionel was here she sighed a pagan in the temple a jew in the church said lady jim shrugging my dear paris was invented for clergymen to rail at not to enjoy lionel is not narrow-minded lady james he approves of innocent amusements magic lanterns and penny readings i fear paris cannot supply those dissipations you can enjoy them under the honeymoon meanwhile mr askew is less exacting and more amusing there is no one like lionel no one i grant that else would the world be innocent and dull joan pursed up her pretty lips and wrinkled a smooth brow i don't understand that said she meditatively no assented leah with a slow and somewhat envious look you never will why not i could give you fifty reasons but three will do you are good and kind and healthy-minded to excess an angel whose white wings flutter above the mire in which we bipeds grovel quite the wife for our unsophisticated padre st sebastian and st cecilia surely a marriage arranged in heaven miss tallentire could not quite follow leah's flights not an infrequent occurrence nevertheless her intuition espied a compliment do you really mean that as i rarely mean anything let me be candid for once since we converse in the nursery and say that i respect lionel and i respect you i would rather have love suggested the girl timidly leah touched her breast with eight finger-tips from then in response to an answering blush my dear i love no one but myself i can't believe that or you would not have bothered to bring me to paris 
merely the desire for a new sensation i assure you as lionel assured me that all my virtues spring from the ego what is the ego leah kames in this instance i don't think you are selfish persisted joan if you really and truly were you would not say so oh but i should that is my refined form of self-love when i cry aloud my imperfections i receive some such compliment as you have paid then little god ego sitting within my breast sniffs up the incense in that case i am selfish too i like to be told nice things and to be given nice things such as well i expect lionel in spite of clerical propriety can explain better than i and added lady jim mischievously in dumb show my dear your ego is shaped like a good young padre you are merged in lionel swallowed up as someone's rod swallowed up someone else's i suppose now leah nursed her knees with clasped hands i suppose when you marry st sebastian you will be wildly happy in a dull country rectory wearing twice-turned gowns and last year's hats and fussing after old women and grubby village urchins with your husband's sermons for relaxation when penny readings pall quite happy assented joan laughing at the over-coloured picture with lionel of course as i say your ego is his ego dear and lady jim dropped two impulsive kisses on her companion's cheeks joan wondered at this uninvited display of affection and wondered still more when leah turned away with a somewhat bitter laugh perhaps had she guessed the truth her sympathy would have extended to this woman whom self-love isolated from humanity it pleased leah to pose as this simple maid's providence and on the whole she sustained her deity excellently many a time did she check her free-spoken and sharp tongue lest joan should feel hurt or become precociously enlightened about those sins which are dubbed idiosyncrasies in society the amusements provided were primitive and commonplace as befitted the retirement of a newly made widow and uncultured debutante tastes drives in the bois visits to the louvre to versailles to notre dame on the tale of hugo's romance to pere la chaise many inspections of many delightful shops one concert at least and the exploration of places which had to do with the picturesque history of france filtered through bydecker and murray leah unused to bread and milk thought the majority of these outings insipid but joan enjoyed them immensely and wondered at continental dissipation her ignorance credited leah with loving and invariably leading this cook's tourist life when abroad and that lady laughed frequently in the seclusion of her bedroom at the idea of being limited to nursery geography nevertheless she did not undeceive her ingenue the bloom if she could prevent it should not be brushed too early from this peach which reticence and determination showed that lady jim had in her some soul of that goodness which lives in things evil 
askew duly arrived forty-eight hours later so that his meeting with leah might appear unexpected he called daily at the hotel henri trois and on a hint from lady jim devoted attention to joan the maid leah herself philandered in a business-like way with m aksakoff who strange to say followed askew's trail on important business lady jim enjoyed many interesting conversations with him dealing with a quiet obliteration of demetrius if he should by any chance walk into the trap joan and her cavalier good surface readers did not guess at the elements working below and so danced unsuspectingly on a volcano the fickle sailor was now lukewarm in his affections and as leah purposed dropping him gradually as soon as demetrius was on his way to siberia she was not ill-pleased to watch red-hot passion cool to ashen-gray friendship certainly it still remained to withhold him from seeking a foreign wife overseas but she postponed schemes of prevention pending the disposal of immediate troubles sometimes it occurred to her that askew a man of tow like all sailors might catch fire from contact with joan but player as she was with the hearts and brains of men she cherished sufficient friendship for lionel to forego a possible spoiling of his sober romance there was little danger that miss tallentire would exchange church for navy but that the juxtaposition of an artless maid and an inflammable bachelor might not breed fickleness lady jim wrote a letter why not come over and escort us back to town ran this epistle also in paris you will assuredly find material for a sermon on the wickedness of that great city nineveh i believe you parsons give western towns eastern names when you wish to abuse them to avoid libel actions maybe then followed the mention of the rope to drag this clerical lover across channel do come if only to see how joan enjoys the society of mr askew the expected happened on the fifth day of lady jim's sojourn in paris when shortly after noon demetrius obviously disordered in dress and mind presented himself in the character of a bolt from the blue luckily askew was translating to joan the luxor hieroglyphics in the vicinity of the place de la concorde obelisk so that she had an hour to explain away the rumours which had undoubtedly brought him over when the sitting-room door clicked behind him he facing her with black looks she drew a deep breath to brace for the fight and heard what he did not the snick of prison bolts shot home so far lured by the will-o'-the-wisp jealousy he had followed recklessly the dangerous path now it remained for her to conduct him to the precipice over which she and aksakoff intended he should be thrown a trifle of acting was necessary to reassure the venturesome and perhaps suspicious traveller monsieur demetrius are you mad not constantine then he panted like a spent runner and his face twisted in a wry smile what do you mean 
demetrius dropped heavily into the nearest chair and sent angry inquiring glances into every corner where is he where is who oh madame he became sarcastic here you know very well i think i know nothing save that you are foolish to venture into paris where there is a price on your head monsieur aksakoff is here too if he knew if he guessed well what matter i have run greater risks for lesser reasons yet they must be strong ones in the present instance to make you enter the bear's den i have one reason for my venture madame you and another mr askew not to speak of a third this marriage at your embassy i can understand the first the second may be explained by wholly unnecessary jealousy but the final one this marriage you speak of between yourself and mr askew lady jim stared then laughed good-humouredly my dear constantine the idea is too ridiculous i have the news on good authority which is the last authority you should believe mr askew is certainly here but not i believe in the character of a bridegroom mrs penworthy oh leah's scorn was worthy of the great sarah mrs penworthy she told me that you came here that mr askew followed forty-eight hours later quite correct and that you intended to marry him at the british embassy really i never knew that mrs penworthy was imaginative it is not true his eye probed her she did not flinch you must be mad to think so it is not true he persisted you yourself have denied the truth of it twice mr askew at this moment dances round miss tallentire's skirts would i permit that if oh ridiculous you men swallow camels her dupe rose to pace the room and to pour out the anger of many brooding hours it is not true ah if i could only be sure of that this woman this mrs penworthy she swore swore that you that you he choked flung himself headlong to where she smiled contemptuous and seized her hands vehemently swear that it is false he dropped on his knees almost tearful i do swear rejoined leah disengaging her wrists you can take mr askew back to london if you like he is engaged to marry a lady in south america there is nothing between us nothing a flirtation yes banter and pretty smiles idle nothings and surface conversations she smoothed back his hair and smiled playfully am i marrying othello you are so beautiful he muttered wavering in your eyes no doubt mr askew prefers brunettes south of the equator but she rose suddenly as though she spurned him but i prefer trust i am angry yes very angry oh that you should doubt me doubt me her tragic assertion was admirable i do not i do not and he still grovelled catching at her dress your presence here proves otherwise mr askew indeed a general lover a volatile sailor 
with a wife in every port for all i know can you not credit me with more exclusive tastes he is handsome muttered the still suspicious doctor and rose brushing his knees mechanically is he so you think i am to be won by looks like a schoolmiss in her teens she looked at his sharp white face and laughed cruelly that i am engaged to you should prove differently he scarcely heeded her swear swear and his eyes flamed leah calculating the effect lost her temper i shall in a moment she cried angrily the most patient of women of whom i am not one have their limits why do you allow jealousy to overrule common sense when the position is so plain you fixed your price and fulfilled your part of the bargain am i i ask you free to play you this trick of a hasty marriage when you can expose me as privy to a fraud you see that i do not mince matters i speak plainly do i not you have all the winning cards and can compel me to become your wife even if i dissented why then do you come here on a fool's errand but i love you so he protested piteously and love being blind makes you stumble into danger i think you had better return to england by the night train am i to leave you with mr askew oh take him with you i gave you permission before and pray don't make scenes i dislike them then i am wrong for if you doubt my word perhaps you will take mr askew's he will be here soon with miss tallentire i decline to defend a position which requires no defence a shrug ended this speech and this in conjunction with the anger brightening her hard blue eyes reduced him to profuse apologies but indeed my soul you should not be enraged that i should risk what i do risk surely proves my love for you you have proved it before by getting me the insurance money she replied impatiently pray return at once i can see you in curzon street when i return on tuesday then you promise to marry me yes leah heaved a sigh of exhaustion how often do you wish me to say so even if you remain dr demetrius i am bound to become your wife seeing that you hold my reputation in your hands though of course she added sweetly i expect to be princess constantine demetrius i am willing believe me i am willing he stuttered now quite positive that mrs penworthy was a liar of the worst aksakoff what of him did you not say that he would aid me to regain my position if i gave up katinka he said something like that she rejoined carelessly and wondering why at this moment he recalled the proposition but i rather fancy his offer was merely to leave you alone demetrius looked silently at the carpet leah watched him with a doubtful look on her guard against complications he looked up suddenly and with rather a shamed face certainly i could secure the services of mademoiselle aksakoff he murmured but it seems cruel to use her influence and then to leave her she loves me ah yes she loves me very truly and i-i treat her most badly if you think so why not make amends and marry her because i love you and at great risk i have bought you he glared at her savagely i refuse to let you go you are mine mine i never denied that said lady jim dryly but i really cannot accompany you to siberia and if you remain here 
wait he flung up an imperative hand i shall see aksakoff this sounded almost too good to be true and leah doubted no yes ah my adored i know how you feel for my safety his voice took on a caressing tone but it is nothing he brushed away imaginary danger with a rapid gesture i shall see him i shall plainly surrender katinka and then then when he knows that we you and i are to marry he will interest himself with the czar on our you mark me my angel on our behalf it's a mad idea impracticable you dare not trust aksakoff ah bah he will not arrest me publicly he cannot the scandal the diplomatic storm the newspapers no no it is too absurd besides he shrugged this tender father will repay me if i give his daughter to understand that we can never marry he desires her to be the countess paul petrovitch hum said lady jim rejoicing that the prisoner should thus lock himself in and pitch the key out of the window monsieur aksakoff hinted something of this to me at monte carlo then you can see then you must understand demetrius gesticulated excitedly should i surrender mademoiselle if i write a letter stating that i do not love that there can by no means be marriage aksakoff will help me help you help us both as prince and princess demetrius yes i see and yet the risk there is no risk publicly and to snare me in secret no i am wary oh most wary no one can trap me i swear to you no one demetrius said leah as gravely as her delight would let her you have done me a service which i repay with my hand in marriage i do not love you as i ought to but love may come with the honeymoon still even now i have sufficient affection for you to wish for your safety supposing she laid an anxious hand on his arm supposing m aksakoff played you false and you were trapped into taking this siberian journey what would i do ah no my friend believe me it is best to treat with this diplomatist in london there you are safe here she shook her head warningly she could not have made a speech as she very well knew more likely to provoke demetrius into remaining in his enemy's camp he had accepted her disavowal of mrs penworthy's gossip and yet now that she asked him to go urged him to depart even in askew's company his incurable suspicion made him hesitate i shall stay here and see aksakoff he announced doggedly very good assented lady jim accepting the fiat he is coming to luncheon you can speak to him then why to luncheon asked the doctor sharply why not demanded leah up in arms on the instant when we are married your enemies shall be my enemies until then my friends of whom m aksakoff is one shall be my own she became less imperative in her speech and looks dropping to a conversational tone if you must know katinka asked her father to call while he was in paris i could not do less than ask him to luncheon could i 
a less clever woman would have made a less frivolous excuse and despite his cleverness demetrius was galled into accepting the false as genuinely true you will permit that i go to brush my clothes to remove the dust of travel he asked politely i return soon to meet m aksakoff half-past two is the time said leah with a careless glance at the jimcrack clock on the mantelpiece and perhaps it will be safer for you to meet him in my presence at my table he can scarcely arrest you there one moment as demetrius turned to go with a hasty bow mention our engagement to him privately i do not wish miss tallentire to know as she would probably tell lionel kames and then the family very rightly too would be shocked you can always depend upon my discretion madame murmured the doctor bowing over her hand and brusquely departed with the air of a conqueror lady jim rubbed the kiss from her hand with vehemence and flew to the window where she watched as eagerly as sister anne on bluebeard's castle top the dapper little figure emerged from the grand portal and strutted victoriously down the street leah nodded complacently he was now in the toils and moreover was voluntarily binding himself in bonds all the better there could be no compunction on her part in betraying such a heedless fool if he would insist upon letting his jealous heart govern his usually wise head it was impolitic to prevent him with sudden thankfulness lady jim fished out of her pocket a ruffled peacock's feather my luck holds it holds she said kissing the fetish you always bring me luck dear dear and she kissed again this religious ceremony ended the fortunate lady looked again at the clock it was five minutes past one sitting down at a side table she wrote a note sealed it and delivered it to an obsequious waiter with directions for its delivery at the russian embassy and lay two extra places at luncheon she ordered two gentlemen are coming in this way m aksakoff had the unexpected pleasure of partaking of lady jim's hospitality End of chapter twenty three